Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond Sunday Live. Glad you all could join us. And our first time doing uh, Beyond Sunday Live, I'm really excited and uh, glad everyone can tune in. I wanted to welcome John Orozco and Becky Fitch. Thanks for joining. Hello, hello. Hey. Great job preaching this weekend, Becky. Thank you. Here, I have to, to uh, pick off the song mute. series. One second, guys. Boom. All right. Sorry, technical difficulty. <laughs> Five seconds. All in. right. The YouTube <laughs> popped up and was like playing. So I was hearing two things in my ear. Anyways, <laughs> welcome, everyone. Um, so if you're new to Beyond Sunday, uh, every week we dive deeper into the sermon from Cornerstone Fellowship. And uh, we have additional content that usually we don't have enough time in the sermon to preach. And so we like to uh, go deeper into that content. This weekend, Becky Fitch preached an amazing sermon on uh, kicking off our series in Psalms. And uh, you were focusing on the theme of seeking the face of the Lord mm -hmm. or seeking the Lord's presence. And uh, so you jumped around to a whole bunch of different Psalms that um, focus in on that theme. It's actually, that theme is um, throughout the Psalms. And mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why we picked that theme as a great way to kick off the series. So uh, thanks for joining. I thought we would just start with focusing a little bit on background to the book of Psalms. Um, so usually before I study any book, I like to go back and do some research on, okay, what is this book? Why does this book exist? Who wrote this book? How do you study this book? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. So I thought maybe we would start there. And um, yeah, what are some of your guys' thoughts on, on the background of this book, things you love about it um, that kind of stand out to you? Yeah, so I think for me, um, like Psalms is one of the really, I think, only books of the Bible where we like know for certain there's multiple authors. Like many of the other books were like, oh, it's this person wrote it. And then we're like, well, maybe this, this doesn't sound like Paul. Maybe someone else helped him write this part. But Psalms, you know, it's, it's got different authors. Um, David wrote about half of them, but then there were at least six others, maybe more people who, uh, who wrote the Psalms. Um, but even kind of saying like who wrote the Psalms, it makes me think of like the other books of the Bible and how they were written. But I think Psalms, you have to like change that mindset because they're not books written to people, but they're like these, these songs, these poems, these prayers written to God. And so, um, even just how to like approach thinking about and studying Psalms is different. Mm -hmm. um, because it's not meant to be like studied from like an intellectual level and, um, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's someone's like emotions as opposed to someone's theology, which is so different from what we just finished up in the book of Philippians, mm -hmm. where the oh, yeah. apostle Paul is very precise in thoughtful theological statements mm -hmm. that help us understand the theology of being a Christ follower and the authors of Psalms, they weren't that's not what they were attempting to do with this. Mm -hmm. It's different. J.O., talk mm -hmm. about um, like the musical side of all of this. You look like you could break out in a song <laughs> with all your instruments behind you, like, which may happen. Like you never know in Beyond Sunday. Please, please do well, that. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, for me, I love the Psalms because of just the raw emotion that's expressed. I mean, as a musician, you kind of are always trying to figure out how to say the truest thing. Um, as best as possible and in a way that's like palatable for multiple people to sing and so I'm kind of jealous of the psalms like as a whole they're these these hymns these poems that were experienced corporately with a lot of people and the language in them it's so raw like that everyone would say these things together um, 
you kind of envy that as a songwriter. And so the, the part for me that is, is like amazing is the fact that there's not one Psalm in there that you go, Oh, that's a bad song or that's a bad hymn, you know? Mm-hmm. But for us today in like modern culture, society, like the songs that we have, you're also like aware of what surrounds the song in terms of the melody, the singer, like the instrumentation. And so there are weekends where we sing songs and the feedback that we might have is, oh man, the drums are too loud. Or, but it was like, oh man, we, like that song. We, the words were so good, you know, and, and the, the heart behind it was so true and raw, but um, you're, you're kind of fighting against like, there's also a lot of noise associated with what we do live. So I think the Psalms in a really pure way helps us to see like the heart behind a hymn or a song in the most objective, like pure possible way. And so we love them all and mm-hmm. we accept them all and we receive them all. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the Psalms, they do carry that within them, the, the value of a song, they teach us that. And then the other side of it, they're so accessible because it's just this true emotion. And some of the devices that are used to write these Psalms, it's basic, uh, Psalm 119, it's, the Hebrew alphabet, all 22 letters. And essentially the writer just decided eight stanzas per letter. So it's like 176 verses, but it makes like worshiping God and expressing some kind of like affection or gratitude for God so accessible by using something as simple as, hey, use the alphabet and then let each letter like begin a thought. So, so these were all, all 150 of them were songs, right? Yes. Like hymns, poems. Were, okay. Um, yeah. They weren't just like statements written to someone else. They were all songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Um, I was, so one of the things that's, that's been interesting to me as we prepared for this series was just um, thinking about the series that we were in before Philippians, um, what does love require and kind of what we learned about new covenant as it compared to old covenant and how times were and how people thought and behaved based on the old covenant that Israel had with God and how that is different in the new covenant and you can't go too far in Psalms without coming across questions around, okay, we're in the Old Testament. This, these were all written um, under the Mosaic Covenant. So like David and all the other authors, who some, many of which we don't even know who they are, we presume they all wrote under the Mosaic Covenant, under the law. And so they're writing with a certain mindset, with certain um, ethics and conditions around that we talked about in that series around Um, It's about obedience. God said, if you obey me, I'll bless you. If you disobey me, I'll punish you. And so they live with that type of mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, like, I didn't get too far into the study and you're like, I'm in Psalms three, right? And um, it says in verse seven, like it gets right to arise, Lord, deliver me, my God, strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. And it, then I kept seeing it over and over again, right? Where he, where whoever wrote, sometimes it was David, sometimes it wasn't, is saying, hey, destroy my enemies, destroy my enemies. Mm-hmm. And so it's for us, I think it's an interesting conversation and I don't want to spend too much time here, but just to provide a little bit of help for people coming out of the series we have, What Does Love Require? Um, diving into the Old Testament, there's so much that's true in each one of these Psalms, but it's also, we have to understand they're, they're writing it in the Old Covenant with different assumptions about what's expected out of them. Mm-hmm. And they're not living completely with the ethic of love, love your neighbor, mm-hmm. um, love others, love your enemy, which is the ethic mm-hmm. of the new covenant. Um, they're, they're living a different lifestyle and it plays out differently. And so as we read the Psalms, 
Um, there's so many things that are hundred percent. Yes. Like the, the cries out to the Lord and the, the Lord is my shelter. The Lord is my re refuge. The Lord will always protect me. There's things that are true about the character of God always, but then there's other parts where we have to study it and learn it and appreciate what it was for in that time. But we're not necessarily going to pray, Lord, destroy all the people I don't like. <laughs> like we're going to, we're going to skip over that part. It's not going to become our prayer, but we can still appreciate it for what it was for that time. Do you guys want to add into anything? in that in regards to how confusing yeah. that could be in studying the old Testament in that way. Yeah. I think, I think for me, um, you're, you're totally right that there's this, this new ethic that Jesus established and that's what dictates how we live today. Um, what I love about the Psalms though, is we, we not, we may not be praying that prayer. Hey God, you know, strike down my enemies, but there are situations in our life where like we have very real tension with people, very real mm -hmm. frustration with people, anger, resentment, bitterness, hurt. And, and so we might not pray the prayer like, Hey, you know, like <laughs> take out God, take out my boss or whatever. Um, I mean, it may have happened before. Chris, I'm not praying that, <laughs> but, but that doesn't mean those aren't emotions we're feeling in a moment. And so what I love that the Psalms can teach us even in this is like, these are emotions we can't just suppress or ignore or be like, well, I guess I just have to put on my happy face and put, no, these are things we take to God mm. and God, God resolves them. Right. Mm. And it's not going to be in, in the way of striking down my enemies, but he he'll bring resolution to that tension I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that that's what I love about the Psalms the most is that it, it doesn't just look over mm -hmm. things that are wrong that I may not be feeling or yeah. that I may be feeling. That's so it true. It gives me an opportunity to bring that before God and allow him to bring resolution to those things in my life, apart from the people, like the, yeah. the people I may, I, they may have never changed. I may still be, you know, like that, that there, that relationship or whatever, that tension was never resolved, but I can mm -hmm. have peace. I can release that, that retaliation, that vengeance, that anger, whatever, when I take those before God. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Um, it, I, oh, go ahead, John. I would just say, like, I fully agree. It, it just highlights the value of truthful, like, when you're verbalizing how you're actually feeling mm -hmm. and how that can be so worshipful. And uh, God is just, like, ready to accept the real version of you mm -hmm. and the real emotions that you do carry. And in that space, like you're saying, like, there's this resolve to, to whatever degree is necessary. Like, it's a changing of your mind, a changing of your heart. And that makes like worship worship when you're coming in spirit and in truth, like exactly as you are with what you're feeling and you're bringing it before God and you can take that on. So yeah, I, I do love that about that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm with you for sure. Um, before we move on to the next question, I just wanted to let everyone know um, if you're watching live, um, use the chat bar and ask a question. If you have a question about anything we're talking about or something we haven't gotten to, we may or may not answer it. Um, we may save it for a future Beyond Sunday episode um, as we continue on through the Book of Psalms, but feel free to engage and ask away. All right. So um, I want to ask you, both of you, how do you generally experience the presence of the Lord? Um, you know, a lot of the times the Psalms would say seeking the Lord's face, which is like this desire to be in the presence of the Lord, um, which is it unites um Old Testament and New Testament, we, we have this, this desire to love the Lord and to be in his presence. It's like, it's like built into who we are. 
Um, so how, what does that look like for you? Becky, you did a great job of teaching on how that could be so different. It's not formulaic. It's different for every person. Mm-hmm. Um, but how does that generally play out for you? Yeah, for me personally, I am an introvert. And so for the majority of my life, like I experienced God most in moments of solitude. Um, when I was quiet, when I was praying, when I was, you know, wherever I, I, I love my family's like a road tripping family. I love driving by myself for extended periods of time. Like it's fantastic. Um, and so those moments are when I typically would just feel like I, in a tangible way could feel God's presence or sense God's presence or, or talk to him. Um, I am my stage of life currently. I'm literally never alone. <laughs> and so, um, and so it's been interesting. Um, I've kind of had to like grieve in a sense, the ways I used to connect with God. Cause those don't, they just don't happen. I don't have an hour in the morning, literally like the mornings where I'm like, all right, I'm going to wake up earlier. This is going to happen. Like my kids wake up early. They never, like they are so consistent sleepers. And then the one, like, I swear they know they're just bugging me, but Um, And so, yeah, I've had to kind of like get creative and think of um, different ways for me, honestly, maybe this is TMI, like whenever I'm in the shower, like Garrett used to get mad at me and seriously, like, why are you taking a half an hour in the shower? But that's like my alone time. And that's the time when I most talk to God Mm -hmm. um, and connect with God. Becky, you're not saving California water. <laughs> I totally am not. Gosh, that's so. I totally am not. I not mean, responsible one, I have, of you. I have a lot of hair. Okay, showers just take a long time. <laughs> but that, yeah. But it's like it's <laughs> it's my space to um, to uh, be alone. Um, but then in this season, I feel like um, because we're always like with people um, or with my little boys, uh, just like me either verbally out loud to myself or even just in my head, like acknowledging God's presence um, is what helps me the most. Um, And so like, whether I'm, you know, working or I'm with the boys playing or whatever I'm doing, like Mm -hmm. just kind of starting entering into that moment, um, acknowledging that God's presence is here. And it's usually me who is not like (laughs) pausing enough to be aware of that. Um, that, uh, that that's been, that's been helping too. Um, and then I, this is something that Garrett really like lives out and has, has kind of, um, taught me how to experience God through that. But, um, whenever we're like being spontaneously generous, mm-hmm. um, and with other people and like secretly, or whether that's with our time or with our talents or a gift or a, a, a thoughtful note or, or our money even. And like, just, Hey, we felt like God put this on our heart. Like those are the times when I feel God present most. Um, and I, again, I, I kind of grew up where I had to be by myself to experience God. And it's been cool to see like that. That's not true. And, mm-hmm. um, and God wants to be a part of everything you're doing, every part of your day, he's already there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and wants you to experience his presence in the midst of that. And so that's been, that's been cool for me to see that that shift where it's like, it's not just about my alone, personal, quiet time. Um, so that's been fun for me. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Yeah, it's a really complex question for me. How do I see God's presence? Because I feel like it's, there's never a moment that I'm not surrounded by it, but there is the reality that I don't possess an awareness of it. Like, so how do I see God's presence? Well, 
that's one thing where it's like, am I aware of mm -hmm. all in my life and all the provision and all this sustaining? Um, and then it's like, okay, what form of presence am I even aware of? Because sometimes it's, you know, you go to Yosemite and you see Half Dome and you're just like, it's just like the revelation of his power and strength and you see that in nature and that just speaks volumes in and of itself. And then sometimes the presence of God means like it's guidance and instruction mm -hmm. and it's truth. And it's like, okay, what next? I need you to speak in my life right now and, and help me to lead my family or make a decision right now. And then sometimes it's like what you're talking about, Becky, this weekend with just that quiet time, that communal time where I got to put in the work to wake up early before, you know, everyone else gets up and, you know, spend time in, in the word. And so I think there's like different forms of presence and God is so clever and so like able to kind of nudge me in the direction that I need, like just look up at the stars tonight, John, you know, go sit out in the front porch and just marvel and the mystery of, of everything that I've created. Like that's mm -hmm. the presence that I need in moments. And other times it's like, I need to like come face to face with you because there are things in my life that need to get reordered and that need to change. And so part of coming into your presence, yes, it's comfort, it's peace. It's like this, this feeling of, of really warmth and surrounding by, by a loving God. But also sometimes it's correction because you're up face to face with the most beautiful, perfect thing. And in that presence, you're also face to face simultaneously with your shortcomings. And so um, presence to me, like it captures all of those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Jono, we have a question in the chat that's deep and vulnerable that <laughs> actually it connects to um, like a point that you wanted, you were talking about earlier reciprocity. Mm -hmm. um, and the question is, what if I feel worthless and unloved by everyone, even Jesus? Like, what do I do with that feeling? Yeah. What would you I, say to that, that person or chat? That's like the inverse, I think, to what we commonly think of when it's like, I need to seek God's presence. Because the question I think that's in the back of our mind is also, is God interested in me and my presence? Because I'm a being and like I exist. Like, is he interested in talking to me too? Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes you feel less than because you know, you hear other folks say, God spoke to me and he said this. And that is amazing. But it also kind of didn't, oh, he's not speaking to me like the way that he speaks to you. Mm -hmm. Like, am I worth it? So sometimes we like couch our worth and our value with whether or not we're hearing God in the same way that others around us are, mm -hmm. which might be, again, it's that guidance, that instruction. It's this word from the Lord. But other times it's like, you just need to get out in nature and just like, man, just be in awe of it. Um, and so, yeah, there are moments where I'm, I'm sort of adding up my worth based on how like similar my experience with God is to other people. And the reality is that's why he says all, all throughout scripture, like I'm with you, this Emmanuel God with us and with could look a lot different in different times. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I empathize with you because I've felt that in the same way that this, this uh, questioner is asking mm -hmm. that worthlessness and like, is God really with me? And is he interested in me? 
And I would say that the cross, it stands as absolutely yes. He is absolutely interested in you and he loves you and he's thinking of you even now. Mm -hmm. God goes to so much greater lengths to be in our presence than we go to be in his presence. Mm -hmm. And he went to the cross to be in our presence for all eternity. And so that's how highly he thinks of every single one of us mm -hmm. and how much he loves us and how worthy we are not because of our effort, but because we're his creation. We're, we have the image of God imprinted in everything about us and he loves us deeply. We're, we're a part of him in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so he goes to great lengths to be present with us. And again, like, as you guys said, it's oftentimes it's us acknowledging his presence all around us more than like us going to go be in his presence in like the chair with the lamp and the Bible, you know what I mean? Like, we don't go like his presence is, is there and, and it is, it's a journey for us learning how to recognize and just remember and just stop and to acknowledge, as you said, Becky, mm -hmm. his presence and see him in the moment that we're in right now, whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. And like, I relate to your just having people all around and, and limited time to escape and be away. And so for me, it's, it's growing in the ability to see the presence of God in those around me in, in, in the, faces and lives of those who I'm supposed to love. Like the, the, the new covenant, the ethic of Jesus is to love others. Mm -hmm. And so that should be like logically the place where we, we find God's presence the most is in the being of the people around us that we're supposed to be loving. But oftentimes like I'm not viewing it that way. I'm, I'm not seeing them as God's presence right there with me through them. I, I have to go get away to like my chair alone to like experience God's presence. And that's how I grew up being taught. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I experienced God's presence there also, but, but that's just a small slice of it. Mm -hmm. And um, so, um, so someone in the, the chat asked that question, how do I recognize God's presence? Um, and I, and I think, you know, my first answer to that would be, um, when I feel the attribute, like who is God and what are his attributes? What's he about? Um, so peace, love, joy, um, but even correction and truth, like you brought up, John, like the, that's, that can be a feeling that we have that we can attribute to God when something's pointed out about us that we're like, you know what? I could be better in that way. Like that's God's spirit provoking his presence in us, provoking something, um, what, how would you guys answer that question? Like, how do you know when, like, um, I just had a moment where I recognize God's presence. I think there are moments that, that you are just filled with compassion. You were not expecting. Mm -hmm. There's this thing where I've always been kind of like puzzled by it. You just feel pain and you're like, where did that come from? I'm not, I'm not like hurt. Nothing's broken. Nothing's bleeding, but I've seen something that has caused me to feel like intrinsically like uneasy and discontent and like I need to do something right now. And you just get overcome by the sense like I should act. And where does that desire to act come from? I mean, in many ways, that's what this COVID-19 thing is. It's like a lot of people are hurting. And so, so many people are doing what they can and they're sacrificing in many different ways because there's this compassion within humanity and you go, where did that come from? And in my mind, that's like the presence of God that is very others focused, others centered. Mm -hmm. And you just go, wow, what a, what an amazing thing that 
our goal is to elevate the human condition right now in any way possible. And so like, and that's just one of many different examples where you go in an unexpected place. Like I experienced God, your heart, your presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I most often feel God's presence in like feelings, kind of like what you described, Chris, um, that peace, that comfort, that strength. Um, I've, I've, I've never heard God audibly speak to me. So I've never audibly like experienced his presence. Um, but, um, I have experienced times when, and, and I know other people that, um, I've talked to too, when you almost feel like, like, a, like a physical presence with you, like, it's not just an emotional feeling, but it's like a, like one of my, one of my best friends, um, his, his conversion story when, when he accepted Christ was, he, 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 uh, literally felt like a hand on him and he turned, you know, did the whole like, wait, and no one was there. And he like literally felt the hand of God on him. And he was like, Whoa, this is real. And so sometimes it is like a, a more physical feeling that you feel, um, as opposed to just the emotions. Um, and then, and then sometimes it's more of like a, um, like a, like a mental logical experience for me. Like when I think something and I'm like, that doesn't sound like me. I'm usually much more stubborn than that. I'm usually much more, or the, and it's those moments where I'm like, this, this must be God, the Holy Spirit speaking to me or prompting me or moving me, um, in one way or another. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that sometimes God is experienced in, in different ways of our, of our senses and being. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. I think we're gonna wrap up. Did you guys have anything else that, did I forget to touch on anything? that we had uh, talked no. about no, no, no. probably <laughs> I, I usually i usually do and i just spilled water all down my face i know i almost sit. i was gonna call I'm it surprised out. you guys didn't I jump in and call that out I did, but i was like no i'll give them a break man it's I like still have. in my eyebrow like <laughs> splattered up so anyways um well this was fun thanks for joining and i'm glad i think the technology worked on live i don't know i'm gonna find out in a little bit but we got questions on the chat and um this will be available at like Beyond Sunday normally is where you can uh, watch it on YouTube um, anytime going forward. It'll be archived. And then um, on anywhere you listen to your podcast network, um, it'll be on there as well. So iTunes podcast, Spotify, and all that good stuff. And we're going to carry, we're going to keep doing this um, at least through the book of Psalms. We're going to be doing live Monday nights at 730. And uh, we may do it beyond that. We'll see how things go. Um, But John, Becky, thanks for joining And uh, thanks everyone who logged on and we'll look forward to talking with you all next week. Love you. Love you.